If every day in Lent so far has been a little morning retreat on Roadmap to Heaven, today we move into what some would say is their favorite part of retreat, small group discussion. And uh, we have our Roadmap Roundup here on the first Friday of March. It is March 1st. It is 7 a.m. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We are going to begin in prayer this morning with our morning offering followed by our first Friday prayer of reparation. And uh, then Corey Grizzle and Dan Vonderhaar and I will have a bevy of topics for you as we have a little small group discussion on this drizzly Friday morning. But first, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Most sweet Jesus, whose overflowing charity for men is requited by so much forgetfulness, negligence, and contempt, behold us prostrate before you, eager to repair by a special act of homage the cruel indifference and injuries to which your loving heart is everywhere subject. Mindful, alas, that we ourselves have had a share in such great indignities, which we now deplore from the depths of our hearts. We humbly ask your pardon and declare our readiness to atone by voluntary expiation, not only for our own personal offenses, but also for the sins of those who, straying far from the path of salvation, refuse in their obstinate infidelity to follow you, their shepherd and leader, or, renouncing the promises of their baptism, have cast off the sweet yoke of your law. We are now resolved to expiate each and every deplorable outrage committed against you. We are now determined to make amends for the manifold offenses against Christian modesty and unbecoming dress and behavior, for all the foul seductions laid to ensnare the feet of the innocent, for the frequent violations of Sundays and holy days, and the shocking blasphemies uttered against you and your saints. We wish also to make amends for the insults to which your vicar on earth and your priests are subjected, for the profanation by conscious neglect or terrible acts of sacrilege, of the very sacrament of your divine love, and lastly, for the public crimes of the nations who resist the rights and teaching authority of the Church which you have founded. Would that we were able to wash away such abominations with our blood. We now offer in reparation for these violations of your divine honor the satisfaction you once made to your eternal Father on the cross and which you continue to renew daily on our altars. We offer it in union with the acts of atonement of your Virgin Mother and all the saints and of the pious faithful on earth, and we sincerely promise to make recompense as far as we can with the help of your grace for all neglect of your great love and for the sins we and others have committed in the past. Henceforth, we will live a life of unswerving faith, of purity of conduct, of perfect observance of the precepts of the gospel, and especially that of charity. We promise to the best of our power to prevent others from offending you and to bring as many as possible to follow you. O loving Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mother, our model in reparation, deign to receive the voluntary offering we make of this act of expiation. And by the crowning gift of perseverance, Keep us faithful unto death in our duty and the allegiance we owe to you, so that we may all one day come to that happy home where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign, God forever and ever. Amen. 
We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. What a great way to start a Friday morning and a first Friday morning by just getting to the most important things right off the bat. And sometimes that's the ticket. You have to say, what's what's the A number one priority? If nothing else was accomplished today, what is the one thing that I want to make sure is accomplished today? And just do that first. And we've done it. So uh, if you are going to Mass today, you can continue to make some prayers of reparation, but that first Friday devotion that we are called to in the apparitions to St. Margaret Mary Alico on the first Friday, go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart of our Lord, which you just did. And another great way to make reparation is to spend some time in Eucharistic adoration and uh, you know, go to confession. It pleases Jesus when we go to confession, and let's not lose sight of that. It's a, you know, saying, even I have harmed the relationship. I want to make an act of reparation by just going and expressing out loud to you, Lord, through the ministry of the priest, that I have sinned and that I ask for your pardon and forgiveness. What a, a great thing that is. And you have to do that for your first Saturday devotion tomorrow anyway, so uh, why not do it today and unite the two? We are going to be talking about Lenten priorities. We're going to be talking about what happens if uh, maybe you're not off to such a great start in Lent and you need a little bit of course correction this Lent. Uh, We're going to talk about some of those devotions that maybe, just maybe, we might suggest. You can probably guess we will. uh, That you might want to carry forward past the season of Lent into your prayer throughout the year And Monsignor Eugene Morris will reflect upon the Station of the Cross. Uh, Today we will have the fifth station and his reflection. It's all ahead on the Roadmap Roundup this morning. But first, uh, it is drizzling here at our studio. There's even a little bit of like frozen drizzle on my uh, windshield this morning. I'm not sure what the day has in store, but I am confident that Mike Roberts knows. So let's go to him for our weather and saint of the day. Today is the feast day of St. David of Wales. Born at the start of the 6th century, David was a teacher and evangelist, spreading the word of the Lord across South Wales and helping establish three monastic settlements and more than 50 churches which would stand until the Reformation. Many miracles were attributed to David, but the most famous explains why he is so often pictured with a dove. Once, while speaking to a large crowd, a dove descended, landed on his shoulder, and then the earth rose to form a mound, lifting him high enough to be seen by the entire crowd. His monks worked in austerity and silence, but David's gift was preaching, which carried him all across the country, and he became a legendary figure in Wales in his own lifetime. He died on this day in 589. His last words were, Be joyful, brothers and sisters. Keep the faith and do the little things that you have seen and heard with me. He is the patron saint of Wales. St. David of Wales, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Well, we are in the season of Lent. We're wrapping up the second week of Lent with this uh, Friday of the second week of Lent. It is a Friday in Lent, so just a reminder, uh, abstinence is not optional today. It is obligatory, so no meat, no, no breakfast burritos with meat. Eggs are okay. Fish, okay. Alligator, even okay. But no meat. Today. Alligator. 
I yeah. hadn't thought of that. The Archdiocese of New Orleans had to issue, I, I think it was New Orleans, but there was a clarification issued years ago that because alligators are cold-blooded. Um, but, you know, it reminds us that there's the letter of the law, there's the spirit of the law. We're obliged to follow the letter of the law, and we're challenged to follow the spirit of the law. And so if you find alligator bites to be delicious at your favorite right. seafood they restaurant, maybe actually. with a nice little remoulade <laughs> sauce, m- maybe this is a day to say, I'm going to abstain from those uh, out of desire to make sacrifice. Um, and that is, you know, I, this has been a noticeably different Lent for me, I have to say, when it comes to the abstinence, because I've changed my diet in the last six months, and there are days that I don't eat meat at all uh, throughout the rest of the week. So Fridays have taken on a different character. They're a little bit easier in that sense. Hmm. Um, I have to remind myself, this is a Friday, so like, not only did you not eat meat yesterday, but don't eat it again today. And that's uh, going to lead into our first topic here. Corey Grizzle, it's good to have you with us good on morning. the Roadmap Roundup today. You sent us a, an article by Ruth Kennedy. Yes. A Catholic, Catholic link called Six Tips to Get You Through the Mid-Lent Slump. And I'm like, Mid-Lent Slump? I'm in the Early Lent Slump. <laughs> it is Early in Lent. In other yeah. ways. But, uh, but still. Just out of spring training. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Although we only have six weeks, so uh, we're, we're going into the middle two weeks here, right. which I yeah. guess you, you could say we're, we're going into the Mid-Lent Slump for some of us. But yeah. why, why this topic today? So, I, and you know, I think February is the longest month that there is. And it was even <laughs> it was longer, even longer yesterday. That's right. And so we are um, two weeks into Lent. And I think that, you know, when I, was, when I was here last time, we talked a little bit about preparation for Lent because it was two weeks before Lent was going on and to start preparing. And I, and I think, you know, we all just get caught up sometimes and there's just maybe we haven't gotten that plan down. And maybe, maybe we picked up, we bit off more than we can chew also. And so I'm realizing that this is impossible. And a lot of times I get frustrated and just give up on the whole thing. So, you know, maybe we're at a point where we look at our our Lenten sacrifices and we say, this is just not working and I'm just going to give it totally up or this is not enough or whatever. Maybe we're just sitting here and going, oh, maybe we forgot a day also. Maybe you wanted to to say a prayer every day or you wanted to read a, a chapter of the Bible every day and you just forgot. And so then that, that kind of always gets me down, too. I'm just, forget it. I'm just not going to do it. So I think it's a time, um, and maybe this hasn't happened yet. Maybe it will happen in mid-Lent in a week or two. <laughs> just, so, you know, this, this article um, kind of gives you a little bit of, a, of an uplift and say, okay, nope, we're still, we're going to pick it up and we're going to do it again. And even though I failed yesterday or I failed for three days in a row, we're just, we're going to pick up the sacrifice and we're going to do it again. Maybe we forgot to, and we ate we're going to eat meat today or we ate meat last Friday or, you know, maybe that we can't beat ourselves up for that. We're going to pick it up and we're going to do it again. Has anybody else ever done that? Like mid hamburger (laughs) go. Oh, oh, it's Friday. (laughs) It it was one year on my birthday. It was in my early twenties and my birthday was on a Friday of Lent. And I'm thinking, Oh, okay. Potato, potato is not meat. Right. But I forgot that on potato skins, there's uh, there's usually bacon and it was hidden under cheese. And I took a bite and I was like, Oh, well, so much for these. Yeah. Uh, where are my non-Catholic friends? <laughs> right. Right here. Uh, Corey, it's interesting. I, I, I thought that article was so timely because you mentioned biting off more than we can chew. That usually surfaces in those first two weeks of Lent. Yeah. Right. We go in, we, we prepare well, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, and we go in with spiritual enthusiasm for the sacrifice, realizing only then we, we bit off more than we could chew. And, you know, calibration over quitting is always a good methodology. There's mm-hmm. 
you know, the spirituality of uh, Mike Tyson, right? Anybody's ever heard Mike Tyson's famous saying, right? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Uh, That's sort of like... Wow, I'm remembering that one. Yeah, sort of like I bit off more than I could chew for Lent. Right. I just got punched in the mouth. Now what do I do? Right. Right. And so calibration over quitting is the way to go. Right. You like that, Adam? I, I do. I think that's the first time Mike Tyson has ever been quoted <laughs> right. on Roadmap to that's Heaven. Right. A, there has to be a first time for everything here on Roadmap, and that was it. Oh. Yeah, so this article is really great. I'm just going um, it, to – it's six points, so I'm just going to go through six points really quickly. And, you know, just talk about gratitude was the first one. Stop and say, what what is it that I have done so far? And be thankful for that. And be fit, thankful for the time in Lent to be able to fall on our face, get punched in the mouth. And then step up and, and do it again. So be great, grateful for those kind of things. Um, and then it, it asks, what have you learned so far? So what have I learned about myself? I've bitten off more than I can chew. This might not be good for me to say three rosaries a day. I'm not sure I have the, at this hour, you know, to, <laughs> to separate when I have five little kids I have to take care of. So, you know, maybe I've learned that I do need to recalibrate, that I do need to just get back up and perseverance might be the virtue that I'm going to work on now right so um also the next one i really loved was called give yourself a retreat so either um find a retreat or plan on going on one every lent i know um there are several people that just plan every lent this is what i'm doing and they sign up for it and that's their yearly retreat however again i come from a very large i have a very large family there is no way i'm getting away for the weekend um so just tell your husband or tell your mother i need you to take my my family for a little bit I'm going to go for the day and I'm just going to go to the chapel and to the coffee shop and I'm going to read my books and I'm going to focus on Jesus so I like that to give yourself a little retreat to to kind of look at what is it that um that we that I need to focus on more this Lent um another one was a movie night I thought that was a nice little you know pick a saint's story movie the song of Bernadette pick a we, we do that quite often. We just pick a, a movie that um, A Man for All Seasons is a great one. Um, but there's there's a lot of, of really nice, I mean, what, there's formed out there. There's all sorts of movies you can you can do to just to regenerate um, some of that, that um, Lenten spirit. Make a plan now. Like I said, calibrate again. Get up. Do it again. Say make a plan. If, even if you haven't made a plan, maybe you haven't gotten to this point. You're like, well, maybe when the spirit moves me, I'll figure something out. But no, make a plan now. Um, and then just walk just walk faithfully with God. Just be simple about it. And say, maybe I have bitten off more than I can chew, and I shouldn't be doing all of those things. I'm just going to take a breath and breather and live in the moment and walk quietly with God, read some scripture, say some prayers. You know, just make the most of it from now. Yeah. Dan Vonderhaar, you, you brought up a very important point earlier, that is to calibrate and not quit. And you know, one of the things that I've had to do quite a bit so far in the first two weeks is calibrate to be able to keep to one of the things uh, I, I've decided for Lent. And it just means, uh, again, it's kind of altered my eating habits in a good way, but it also means this idea of, okay, every day I'm going to eat lunch at this time and I'm going to eat dinner at this time. And breakfast I've been e- able to maintain because it's the first one, you know, and it's before things can go off the rails. But to say it's okay, it's okay to disrupt the routines to be successful at what we're doing. And yesterday was one of those days that I I had to say, all right, I've got some decisions to make because this is normally when I would go do what I gave up, right? And uh, it's not an option. 
So how am I going to take care of this? Because if I don't take care of it, I know this, I'll get crabby and I'll be irritable and then I'll go home from work and I'll be crabby and irritable and my kids are going to be like, hey, our lunch's going great. Dad comes home crabby and irritable and we're doing penance and isn't that wonderful? <laughs> That's right. But tell us a little bit more about you know why this is so important not to give up and to just adjust. Yeah. I would say, Adam, that uh, easy is not great. Nothing easy is great. And Lent is not easy. Lent was not created to be easy. It was created to help us get to know our Lord through sacrifice. And uh, what's the line from the movie Hoosiers? You know, God wants you on the court. God wants you on the court. So calibrate, not quit. Progress over perfection. Progress over perfection. Calibrate, don't quit. So for me, uh, man, I have done that more times than I can count, Corey, by the way, is bite off more than I can chew for Lent. I have these massive plans to become St. Jerome by Easter, and it just doesn't seem to come together. Um, I go back to the big three, right? Prayer, fasting, almsgiving. It's just the simplest formula for Lent. All right, I can just add one more prayer. I'm going to get very intentional about my fasting one Friday at a time. Uh, and where am I showing gratitude? Mm. You know, just go back to the big three. Yeah. Speaking of prayer, one of the prayers that we've been trying to pray more outside of Fridays this season of Lent is the Stations of the Cross. And I want to say a couple things about this before we go to the break here. Uh, one, if you would like to pray the Stations of the Cross every day, you've heard us talking about covenantcatholic.org a place where you can find uh, reflections on the Stations of the Cross by St. Alphonsus Liguori with beautiful images. It's also on the uh, Covenant Network Radio site, ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R-catholicradio.org. And we've been having, uh, it's been a privilege to record these reflections on the Stations with Monsignor Morris to play throughout this season of Lent. And every time I play one and every time we've recorded and every time I go back and I just look at the text of the stations, um, the response of the laity that we pray in the stations of the cross, I can, I, I can see now why mother Angelica was saying, pray this every day, not just on Fridays and Lent, but pray this every day. If you want a perspective shift in your life. So I'm going to encourage you to pray the stations of the cross every day. We are going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. When we come back from the break, we're going to reflect upon the fifth station of the cross today with Monsignor Morris. And then uh, after that, we'll talk more about some of our Lenten disciplines like the stations of the cross that maybe we're saying, uh, forget the slump. This has been fantastic. And I want to I want to use this more so as we get out of this season of Lent. But there's plenty more of the Roadmap Roundup to come. Stay tuned. Prayer in a Time of Waiting. All-powerful and ever-living God, guard our churches, our homes, our schools, our hospitals, our factories, and all the places where we gather. Deliver us from harm and peril. Protect our land and the peoples from enemies within and without. Grant an early peace with victory founded upon justice. Instill in the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. As we journey towards the hope of Easter, we spend the season of Lent reflecting on the passion and death of our Lord. Today we look at the fifth station, Simon Helps Jesus Carry the Cross. 
We adore thee, O Christ, and we praise thee. Because by thy holy cross thou hast redeemed the world. Consider that the Jews, seeing that at each step Jesus, from weakness, was on the point of expiring, and fearing that he would die on the way when they wished him to die the ignominious death of the cross, constrained Simon the Cyrenian to carry the cross behind our Lord. My beloved Jesus, I will not refuse the cross as Simon did. I accept it and embrace it. I accept in particular the death that is destined for me with all the pains that may accompany it. I unite it to your death and I offer it to you. You have died for love of me. I will die for love of you and to please you. Help me by your grace. I love you, Jesus, my love. I repent of ever having offended you. Never let me offend you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me as you will. I accept in particular the death that you have destined for me. The ability to, as we carry the crosses that are placed upon us, to do so with joy, with that patience and peace and acceptance of what it is that God is asking of us. What I find interesting in this particular reflection from St. Alphonsus is the awareness of the reluctance of St. Simon the Cyrenian. But we know in sacred scripture how profound this actually was as the impact on him and then by extension upon his family as well. And so even if in honesty there is a certain reluctance in our own lives in carrying the crosses that the Lord asks us to place upon us, we should still realize the beauty of this. And the beauty that this is leading us to death. There is no new life unless there is the death that one must endure. Certainly, the physical death that comes to all of us by virtue of the corruption of original sin, but all those other dyings that will have to happen before the Lord calls us home that final time. And so as we continue our journey, let us pray, I think particularly to remain faithful to our Lenten disciplines. As a reminder in the undertakings of mortification and sacrifice, that we have placed upon ourselves the cross of our Lord and need to do that along with him, with joy and with peace. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Lord Jesus crucified, have mercy on us. Prayer of St. Francis of Assisi Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Well, we are back for some more small group discussion as part of our Lenten mini morning retreat we make each day here on Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright, joined by Dan Vonderhaar and Corey Grizzle. And as we were listening to Monsignor Morris uh, 
reflect on the fifth station, Simon of Cyrene helping carry the cross of our Lord. He was talking about our mortifications that we do in Lent, these things that we're endeavoring to do. And it reminded me, as we're saying all these things about making adjustments and whatnot, it's not supposed to be easy. Now, some things, they, they become so difficult that, you know, it, it, it's like me saying, I'm going to slam dunk a basketball for Lent. It's not going to happen <laughs> unless you lower the net so far that it's not really what I'm saying it is, right? Um, but within the thing of the things that are within our reach, they are meant to be difficult. And he said that these mortifications are our way of helping carry the cross of Christ. And that's one of the things I love about the, the whole idea of redemptive suffering is our suffering, you know, those hunger pains if we decided to do more fasting this Lent, uh, that desire for whatever it may be that we gave up that we really want right now in this moment and in, it, it's bothering us that we can't have it, uh, that in just a little way unites us to the passion and to the carrying of the cross and to the crucifixion to say, Lord, I'm going to choose this mortification. I'm going to choose this little suffering, even this little seemingly insignificant suffering as a tool to help unite myself to your cross and that we are called to do it with joy. We're called to, to embrace those times, to go through those times of I really want this, but I gave it up, or I really would like to do this, but I gave it up, and to do it with joy. And as I said earlier, not be the guy that comes home irritable, and now the kids are like, well, our Lent's great because we gave up Dad being happy for Lent. You know, Here we are. Um, what, a, what a great reflection that is for us. But the other thing I want to say about the station, and I said it before the break, is there's something in our response, and it's at the end. I love you, Jesus, my love. I repent of ever having offended you. Never let me offend you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me as you will. And that's the prayer that when I say, oh, wow, I can see why mother said pray this every day. Yeah, I want to pray that prayer every day. I love you, Jesus, my love. I repent of ever having offended you. Never let me offend you again. Grant that I may love you always and then do with me as you will. There's variations to it throughout the stations, but almost always ending with that. Grant that I may love you always and then do with me as you will. I think I want to pray that every day going forward. And if and if I ever say, I don't think I want to pray that, someone please come slap <laughs> me upside the head and say, why wouldn't you want to pray that? But Dan, this is something you brought up. You wanted it to be a topic today. Those, those devotions that are, are going well that we do want to carry outside the season of Lent. Yeah, well, I'm still kind of reflecting on you just gave us like this spiritual master move like this this idea this redemptive suffering that sounds like a really high and mighty catholic phrase but what adam just gave us was the simple definition of that and doing it in those little things that is an absolute spiritual master move uh augmented by what we love with our devotion so as a kid um, our whole family went to Stations of the Cross at St. Matthias on Buckley Road. And I don't know why I loved it so much. I don't, it was a family thing. It was just, You kind of knew what you were doing. It was Friday night. Um, and uh, I find myself only doing the stations during Lent. and Or when I go on a retreat. Like I'll go to the White House and they have those, these amazing outdoor stations that are incredible. Um, and... It's one of those things I do during Lent that I want to carry beyond Lent. Yeah, I, I and I would say uh, that if you're in that first segment, I'm in that slump and I need to find something because what I picked didn't work out, I'm, I'll offer you this. 
if you're not praying the stations every day this Lent, make that your Lenten thing that you're going to pick up starting on this second Friday of Lent. And, you know, if you can go to the church and pray them, great. If you can't, ourcatholicradio.org, click on Stations of the Cross, that you, you read them, and the, you can read them out loud. You can just read them silently. You can reflect on the images. Uh, they're beautiful. But pray those stations from St. Alphonsus Liguori as a new thing that you take out of the season of Lent. Corey, what, what's something that, you know, either this year or in years past you've, you've done during Lent that you said, oh, you know, maybe not every day going forward, but some days at least, at the minimum, I want to keep doing this outside of the season of yeah, Lent. Yeah, definitely. Um, spiritual reading, that the reading of the saints, um, just finding little books that you can do a little bit at a time every day. So this year I found um, Meditations with Aquinas, and it's really amazing, and it's about a page and a half every day, and it's a good just, I can either read it and then go on with my life, or I can read it and really delve into mm. it and take notes and things like that. Um, also, just picking up a new prayer that I haven't read before, I haven't done before, and saying, what is this going to, how is this going to change my life? Um, of course, I challenged myself this year <laughs> because uh, Litany of Humility is something that has scared me for years. You know, I, I heard it on the radio once. I, I found it to read it so that I could really look into it and delve into it. And it really, like, gave me a just just a visceral response in my body that I said, okay, clearly I need something I need to to ponder on this a, a lot more. And so um, the Litany of Humility is something I've, I'm reading every day. And so to be able to get into that habit after 40 days is something that, you know, maybe maybe it's not the Litany of Humility again, but maybe it's another one. But maybe that's something that, that is I need to go back and, 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 and do that all the time after Lent. Yeah, I've been thinking about that Litany of Humility a lot in the past few weeks. I'm getting ready to give not just the little minor version of redemptive suffering that we had here, but a couple talks in the upcoming months on that. And uh, the litany of humility is, I, I think it goes hand in hand. You want, you want to endure suffering well, you want to endure mortification well, pray the litany of humility while you're doing your mortification. I have a, I have a friend who will say the litany of humility, and she says it says it helps a lot if you say the litany of humility and then the litany of trust. <laughs> 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 Where you know the litany of humility is is really it's really powerful, and then the litany of trust is just okay. That makes sense. If I can if I can humiliate myself to this level and trust you at the same time, there's a lot that can be done there. Yeah. Oh, now I, I'm I'm pulling both up here, but that Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. Oh my That's that that is a powerful <laughs> powerful so... prayer. So some of the things if you, if you're not familiar with this litany, here are some of the things you're asking. Jesus to grant you the grace to desire that others may be loved more than I, that others may be esteemed more than I, that in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease, that others may be chosen and I set aside, that others may be praised and I go unnoticed, that others may be preferred to me in everything. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. It, it is like an examination of conscience for me. You know, I'm like, oh, shoot. And every time, <laughs> one something else jumps out at me, right? Uh, it's just like, oh, that's what I did yesterday. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah and- I don't know. The extroverts have a little bit harder time with this one. <laughs> uh, well, you know, sometimes. Maybe not. 
Well, those things we ask to be delivered from, the desire of being esteemed, of being loved, of being extolled, of being honored, of being praised. I mean, who doesn't feel good when someone's like, I just want to tell you, Dan, you did a great job (laughs) uh, on the Roadmap Roundup, and I just want to tell you how great of a job you did. We all want that Yeah, but also there's there's parts in there that they're they're talking about just for, um, and I don't have it in front of me, but the... The, the part where it says um, when people talk bad about you, you know, that that the calamity and the, um, you know, yeah, so does it really matter? Do we need to go up there and make our point about how we're right and they're wrong and how, you know, so sometimes it's just that point where you just you just go, well, they're just going to talk bad about me and I'm just going to I'm going to leave it up to God. Yeah. You know, it, it begs the question. And, and I love these these documentaries I've seen in the last year and a half here. Um, the other night, radiating joy, the Michelle DePong story. You want to talk about enduring suffering and mortification with great joy? Read about servant of God, Michelle DePong. Um, you know, the, the other one, Sister Claire Crockett from the, the Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Home, and her story and, and that documentary. Um, wow. The, the radical humility that they had and the, the radical joy that they had is a great inspiration, and it makes me wonder. You know, and, and, and their focus was on Jesus. Like they just they burned with love for Jesus. They wanted to be close to Jesus. They wanted to be holy, and uh, not for their own esteem, but just out of love for our Lord. What do I want? You know, and uh, sadly, that list has so much more than Jesus. Some days, um, and it, it, it's a great setup for our next break. It's a song I love. It's We the Kingdom, one of my favorite bands, and a song, If All I Had Was Christ. Think about that. What is it that, that you find yourself wanting more than Jesus, and how can you step away from that this season of Lent? A prayer to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Our Lady of Guadalupe, mystical rose, make intercession for Holy Church. Protect the sovereign pontiff. Help all those who invoke you in their necessities. And since you are the ever-Virgin Mary and Mother of the true God, obtain for us from your most holy Son the grace of keeping our faith, of sweet hope in the midst of the bitterness of life, of burning charity, and the precious gift of final perseverance. Amen. Well, we are back for a few brief minutes here of Roadmap Roundup, and uh, we were talking during the break about, you know, you want to increase your prayer life. We're called to more prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and every Lent we seem to focus on the fasting. I'm going to give this up. This is what I'm going to do. What about the prayer? What about the almsgiving? Um, Dan, you were just saying during the break, you, you want to increase the amount of time you're praying. Just add prayers like these litanies, and before you know it, you're going to go from an Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be in the morning to... Five, seven, ten, fifteen minutes of prayer. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I a couple months ago, I just started saying, you know, I, if I can't figure out how to start the day, I'm just going to start with uh, what I've been doing since I was a little kid. And our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be. Right? I think a lot. I think I'm not the only person who, who does that. And then I just started saying, all right, well, what other prayers do I have? You know, from memory. And I'll say the Creed. And then I'll say the prayers at the end of the rosary. And then I'll say the St. Michael the Archangel prayer. And then I'll just say the repetitive portions only of the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Next thing I know, I've spent five, seven minutes in prayer. And then I think, to your point, Corey, mm-hmm. well, this was good. Maybe I should add you right. know, another, uh, another prayer to this. Right. So um, it's been pretty centering for me. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, we, we actually did that. So my husband and I did... Um, our own little extra prayers at night. And so we're reading more of the scripture and 
We always say um, the Memorare before we go mm-hmm. to bed. Yep. So we've Another. added the Magnificat and we have to read it because we don't have it memorized. But I'm hoping someday we'll have it memorized. So we do the Magnificat and the Memorare before we go to bed. And, you know, it's just one extra thing. And I think I think that's something we will probably carry on through, you know. So it's it's been a good experience. I have this vision that those two prayers are like the Vince Lombardi <laughs> prayers, right? I mean, the language in them, you know. All the sports never, references. It's, 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 it's visceral. It, it I love is, it. yeah. I absolutely love those prayers. Yeah, pray like a champion today. That's Dan. exactly just, right. Uh, pray like a yeah, champion. Well, I'm thinking of Vince Lombardi was a daily yeah. mascot. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. Like, I, I really think R- Really quick, uh, Corey, you just said something I, I always like to jump on here. Don't ever be ashamed if you need to read a prayer off of a card. Oh, I pray the memorari so often. <laughs> the minute you put me on the radio That's or in right. front yep. of people, I need the card. Oh, I carry uh, the act of exactly. contrition in with me to confession so, because I will forget it. Especially yeah. on the radio. <laughs> no, number two, you, you want to take these litanies to another level go to the adoration chapel and when you're mm-hmm. praying this litany of humility from the desire of being esteemed deliver me O jesus from the desire of being loved deliver me O jesus from the desire of being extolled etc etc pray it and then for some of your time and mental prayer set up this question jesus please show me where, where am i desiring to be esteemed where am i desiring to be loved you probably already know the answer to some of these too but ask him to take you deeper go you know reflect on the mm. stations reflect pick a gospel passage that goes with this um, pick something but just sit in the quiet and let him answer that oh adam you want to see where you okay i'll i'll show you and uh, let's go let's go on this little mm. journey together um, and the same thing the litany of trust as Corey said it's mm. it's a beautiful one um, especially in the season of Lent, I'm gonna. I, I just say this: if you listen to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast, I'm gonna put links to both of those in the podcast today, so that you can pray them. If you don't know where that is, go to ourcatholicradio.org, click on Programs, Roadmap to Heaven. You'll find it there, and you'll get the uh, the description, or you know anywhere you get your podcast, it'll be out there, and we'll put this in the description. While you're at ourcatholicradio.org, you know again, Stations of the Cross, Daily Rosary emails you can sign up for. Speaking of other great things, we've uh, been looking at some of what some of the popes have had to say this week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. So let's get you another check of the weather and then our Daily Dose of Encouragement here on Roadmap to Heaven. And then we will tie this all together and wrap it up with a neat little purple Lenten bow. We'll be back after this. Prayer before a crucifix. Good and sweetest Jesus, before thy face I humbly kneel. And with the greatest fervor of spirit, I pray and beseech thee to fix deep in my heart lively sentiments of faith, hope, and charity, true sorrow for my sins, and a firm purpose of amendment, while I consider thy five most precious wounds, having before my eyes the words of David the prophet concerning thee, my Jesus. They have pierced my hands and my feet. They have numbered all my bones. Well, Patty, this week has certainly flown by as we've looked at the lesser-known popes from Father Kirby's A Year with the Popes, and I really can't help but wonder, which pope are you going to wrap up with today? Well, this Year with the Pope, this book has been a delight for me, and it's been a delight to share with all of you listeners so many things that we take for granted in the church today, and to realize that they came about through controversy, disagreement, outright arguments— and a lot of patience. And I think to myself, what did people disagree about back then? Well, in the olden days, you name it, they disagreed about everything. And many of us know a very, very famous pope named Pope St. Gregory I. He's Gregory the Great. 
But what about Pope Gregory II? Can you imagine being that guy coming after Pope Gregory the Great, the first? So do you know anything about him? I did not. Pope Gregory II, that's what I want to talk about today. He was Bishop of Rome from 715 to 731. He is also a canonized saint. Most of us don't know that, but Pope Gregory II is also a saint. He came into conflict with Emperor Leo III, who had issued an iconoclast edict, which was the condemning of any icons of saints. This was at a time where he just wanted to do away with all images of saints. The emperor did. So in 727, Gregory summoned a synod to condemn iconoclasm and dispatched two letters to Leo. This is what he wrote. You say we worship stones and walls and boards, but it is not so, O emperor. They serve us for remembrance and encouragement, lifting our slow spirits upwards by those whose names the pictures bear and whose representations they are. And we worship them not as gods, as you maintain. God forbid. The dogmas of the church are not a matter for the emperor, but for the bishops. That's the quote from Gregory II. So again, this just gives me perspective when I see civil authorities and cultural leaders in conflict with church teaching and the need for bishops to clarify what we actually believe. But take heart, because what we actually believe has been misunderstood from the earliest of days, as shown by Emperor Leo III's false notion that we worship statues. All of this is to say, let's continue to pray for our Pope, pray for our bishops, but keep perspective on the issues of our day and know that the church has been falsely accused, attacked, divided among her leaders, and has wrestled with difficult circumstances from the very beginning. Whatever we're currently facing, remember, the powers of hell shall not prevail against the church. And one more interesting fact, no pope has ever been accused of heresy Pope Honorius was condemned for not stepping in to stop a heresy, but he was never considered a heretic, nor has any other pope. That's comforting to know, isn't it? Well, Patty, thank you for a fascinating week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And if you would like to share some of these insights with your friends, be sure to share the Daily Dose of Encouragement podcast with them today. Dan, I'm going to give you another prayer to add to your list uh, for Lent and, and take that up to seven and a half minutes or eight, okay. even eight minutes here. Pray the act of contrition every Aye, day yeah. during the season of Lent. There you and go. just add it, add it to your list. Print it out. Uh, put it by the bedside. Put it wherever you pray in the morning. Uh, pray it in the morning and then pray it again in the evening after making a good examination of conscience. And uh, go to confession regularly. But pray, you can pray the act of contrition every day. I guarantee you. You and I yeah. made mistakes today, <laughs> and it's only 7.50. Thanks for, right. thanks for leaving me out of that. And all things charity, Corey. All right, buddy, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. What is what is the takeaway for you today, Corey? Oh, the takeaway is is just to get up and do it again and not beat yourself up for the failures you've done, whether it was just yesterday or all this last week. I mean, if it's something you know that you really need to clear off your conscience, go to confession, get up the next day, say your prayers. All right, Dan Vonderhaar. Lent can punch you in the mouth, so 
Calibrate. Calibrate. Uh, I'm going to go to something, a little preview of what's to come next week on Roadmap to Heaven. We're going to be talking with Father Christopher Yule from St. Mary's in Alton. He's an oblate of the Virgin Mary. And their uh, their founder, blessed Bruno Lantari, had the phrase, Nunc Chapi, begin again. Mm-hmm. And you can you can use that as often as you need to. But that's the important thing. What What is the difference between saints and... And everybody else, the saints, when they made mistakes, they decided to begin again. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get off the mats, uh, and, and I'm going to go for this. The litany of trust, that we talked about that today, the litany of humility, the stations of the cross, uh, daily rosary reflections as well, but those three. And here's the thing. We talk about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and I've seen this big uh, conversation happening in some of my circles about fish fries. And, you know, because fish fries, the food is delicious, right? And, and we're actually going to be at a fish fry next week. Yes, you we and are. I, we're going to be out at Assumption Parish with our good friend Ben Grijalva, and uh, Father Keller has invited us out to do a little broadcasting next Friday Tune afternoon. In. And uh <laughs> I love a good fish fry. It is delicious. And I, I love it because it's like my wife, She she's the bargain hunter. She goes, you know, couldn't couldn't we make this at home? I said, Beth, this is not about making it at home. It, it's about the money that we're giving to the church, you know. And she goes, yeah, I know. I'm just reminding you of that. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad. And, and, and we have that little conversation every year. And it's a great way to do some almsgiving to give, give our parish some financial support. But I want to challenge you, stay and go to the Stations of the Cross. If your parish has the stations on Friday night, go. Don't just go for the fish fry. Go for the fish fry and then for the stations and spend some time with our Lord. And if they don't, pray them as a family. Go find an outdoor Stations of the Cross. Make your own Stations of the Cross. Uh, you know, you use AirPlay or whatever it is to, to put our station across from your phone on your TV, if you can do that, and and pray those, but pray them together. There's some great indulgences, which if I would have been thinking ahead, I would have looked up the indulgence opportunity for praying the stations of the cross. But uh, there are indulgences, plenary and partial, available for praying the stations of the cross. I'll have to have those for you next week, or you can look them up on your own, uh, but just make sure you find a competent source. EWTN's a good one for that. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll put that in the podcast description as well. I'm just going to put it all in the podcast <laughs> description. Today. Go that's, to the podcast. That, that's what we're going to do and replay it. The other thing I'm going to do today, we were talking about Michelle DePong a couple times this week. Uh, we had an interview, Patty and I, with Ken and Marianne DePong, her parents. It's kind of uh, weird to say we met the parents of someone who might be canonized a saint. Um, and we had a fascinating, heartfelt interview with them at Seek. I'm going to put that at the tail end of the podcast today, give you a little bonus content as well. Roadmap to Heaven, wherever you get your podcast, on your favorite podcast player or at ourcatholicradio.org. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church. Pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You know, on these first Fridays, I also think of the prayer my girls learned at Sacred Heart Villa as little, little girls. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, I place my trust in you. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, I believe in your love for me. It has been the fastest 60 minutes in all of Christendom this morning, and we want to thank you for being with us here on Roadmap to Heaven with our first Friday Roadmap Roundup. Until next time for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Corey Grizzle. I'm Dan Vonderhaar. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to pray your rosary today.
when we were getting ready for our broadcast from Seek, Patty called me one day and said, Adam, I don't know what's on your schedule, but you're going to need to clear some time because I've got some friends coming that you're going to want to meet. You're going to want to say hello. And uh, I said, Patty, of course, I, I will clear my schedule for whoever you say we need to meet. And here we are. So, Patty, I'm going to let you kind of take over for our next interview here. Well, I am very, very excited to be here live from Seek with some friends, Ken and Marianne Dupong, and they are from the Diocese of Bismarck, North Dakota. And of course, many of you listeners know I have a lot of connections with that diocese by adopting the seminarians that study at our seminary, Kendrick Lennon Seminary. So throughout all the years, I've met many, many people and um, so excited that Ken and Marianne are here. Now, if you don't know who they are, it's because of we here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis have maybe not heard heard as much about their daughter, Michelle Dupont. But in the Diocese of Bismarck, North Dakota, Michelle Dupont has been named Servant of God. And so we are here with her parents. Now, it's not often that you actually get to talk to someone whose daughter has been named a Servant of God. So first of all, welcome Ken and Marianne to Covenant Network. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting us. Oh, my gosh. We're we're just blessed. Well, we're blessed to have you, and we're excited to share more about the story of your daughter and what's going on with the cause for her canonization with our listeners here in the Covenant Network in the Midwest area who may not know about her. So, Marianne, let me begin with you. First of all, tell me about your daughter, Michelle. Oh, goodness. Well, Michelle was just a... An easy child, easy child to raise, very cooperative, very disciplined, very faithful, just a joy. And we were, yeah, again, very blessed, all our children. We just did not have a lot of problems as teenagers or whatever. But Michelle, when she went off to college, I feel that the encounter that they had at NDSU, North Dakota State University campus with the Newman Center, which all our children attend and were very involved. The year that Focus came into that campus, Michelle became involved and took everything, hook, line, and sinker. She just wanted to attend daily mass, do adoration, reach out and invite others to the Newman Center. And it, it really, she blossomed. She blossomed at NDSU. That's wonderful. Now, Ken, let me ask you, what number is Michelle in line of your children? I know you've had you have six children. So where does she rank in birth order? She's uh, number four. She's number four. Yeah, she's okay. So when she went off to college, number four, did you think anything different when Michelle was going off to college? No. The the thing about when they went to college, all of our children, they went to NDSU, North Dakota State, and. We did, really didn't worry. A lot of parents, they worry about their kids getting into trouble. And ours, they were so involved with the Newman Center. They, they were janitors, and, and they just helped out there at the Newman Center so much. And we really didn't worry about them getting into trouble. I mean, it's just, it just was... Uh, <laughs> A lot of people have that problem. Sure, sure, like The sure. kids getting into all kind of trouble. But hanging out we at the just, Newman Center is a great place to be. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a just, home away from home. Yeah, yeah it was. And then the priests there were just so great. They, yeah, that's beautiful. They took care of them. That's beautiful. <laughs> okay, so after college, I understand that Michelle became a focused missionary. Where was she a missionary? 
Well, her first assignment was in Lincoln, Nebraska. And and then she's that was one year. In two years, she was at South Dakota State University. And two years at the University of South Dakota. And her last year as a missionary was at the University of Mary in Bismarck. It was at the same time that Monsignor Shea, at that time Father Shea, came as president of University of Mary. He had heard about FOCUS and he wanted to bring it in. Focus program into this campus, and Michelle was on that original team. The original team at the University of Mary. Yes. Wow, that's beautiful. So one year she was a focus missionary there. Yes. And a total of I was trying to do the six, ad, six years six total years. as a focus mm -hmm. missionary. That's beautiful. Now, um, then I know that, and this must be, of course, hard for any parent who has ever lost a child. Tell us about her illness and what she went through during that time of suffering in her life? Oh. Well, she was diagnosed when she, in 2014, and she had had a lot of abdominal pain and had gone to medical doctors and mentioned it, but no one really pursued a intense study of it. And so they just said there's a lot of flu around and kind of brushed it off. But by Christmas of 2014, she could hardly walk. She had such abdominal pain. And then they did a scan, and they said it was ovarian cysts. And they weren't concerned. They said that's not uncommon, and they usually dissolve in a young woman. So come back in, in six weeks, and we'll reassess you. Well, she, they told her to take pain, pain pills, and it didn't help, and it became more intense. And she went back right after Christmas, just immense pain. And they said, okay, we will definitely need to remove them. We went in for an outpatient procedure, and at that time, that took a long time, they came back and said, we're so shocked. Her abdomen is full of cancer from mm. front to back, side to side. Mm. And and we don't even know what we can do at this point. And they, we asked if she could have a second opinion by going to Mayo in Rochester, Minnesota. And so she was airlifted there through the, the generosity of our, our chaplain at the University of North Dakota, airlifted Michelle. And um, yeah, it was a whole year. She went a whole year with her suffering from that. They had given her two months to live. Mm. And she lived 12. And how old was she when she was diagnosed? 31. 31. And lived a year. Now, throughout this time, you, of course, as a family are suffering. Of course, I'm sure you relied on your faith. How did Michelle accept and how did she transform her suffering? I don't know, if Ken, if you want to answer that or Marianne. What, what was that like mm -hmm. to watch her? but also to rely on her faith. Well, that's, that's difficult. <laughs> no, she, she totally accepted it, whatever God wanted from her, and was very peaceful about, about hearing that she had cancer. And she began in, in sharing with us that she wanted to be on a journey of hope and trusting that God had a plan in, in that year of suffering. And from that, um, she was given a great gift, and our family as well, it happened when she was diagnosed and at Mayo. 
our son-in-law called us and said, we're at the National Sea Conference in Florida. Curtis Martin and all the students attending that conference are praying for you, Michelle. No Listen, way. Listen, you got to tune in. And she did from the wow. hospital bed. And it wow. was such a great grace. And after that um, prayerful time, she did reveal to, to my husband that she spoke to Jesus and, and said, Lord, will you heal me? And he said, yes. And she said, in this life or the next? And he said, in this life. But first, you will have much to suffer. And then she said, Lord, how do I know this is you? Question the voice. And he said, Michelle, you know my voice. Mm. And so from that, it was, a, again, a very great blessing for us to have this faith, confidence that she would be healed. As the year progressed and the healing didn't come that the way we thought it would come. The physical healing. It became very evident in the way Michelle had accepted her disease. She wanted to be purified. She wanted to be ready to go to Jesus. In fact, at the end of her life, we found out after her funeral, in fact, that she revealed to someone, a religious sister, that she was going to die on Christmas Day. And she never shared that with us, but we were all able to be around her and pray with her, and it was a very peaceful death. But then we were given a great grace after her passing, too, of hearing our oldest daughter heard her say to her, when she was asking for a sign, I want to know you're in, in heaven. She said, Lise, you won't believe how beautiful. Mm. And she did pass away on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. Day, very late in the evening. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that because I know that must not be easy. Everyone asking you, you know, as your daughter is now a servant of God, I'm sure you relive those painful moments, but also you're, you're able to share with us the graces and the blessings, which is so beautiful. So when did her cause for canonization become a reality and what has that meant for your family? That's an incredible, I can't imagine. I mean, did you get a phone call one day from a priest or a bishop saying, guess what? I mean, how did this happen? Well, Marianne knows the, uh, she has the whole story. <laughs> yes, but, it was but, uh, a very surprise call. Yeah, we, th we didn't know anything about it. We were just out working our cattle and hauling them out to pasture. And, and, and then Marianne called me and said, she got a call and uh, there's going to be like uh, several hundred people coming out to the cemetery and what <laughs> we didn't wow. I didn't have any idea what was going on anyhow she was the priest called her I think it was, it was uh, Monsignor Shea called from the University of Mary yeah. and at 8 o'clock at night <laughs> After a long, hot summer day of, of but, preparing but at, with cattle. And, uh, and they came out, out that our, night? Yeah. Out, he said, out we're out on our way. way, a caravan. Yeah, it's light till 1030, so. Sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, summer in North Dakota. Uh, <laughs> so they came out, and why did they need to come out? Uh, well, it was a pro They had a commissioning mass with Bishop Kagan at the University of Mary. It was their sending off of the 
focus missionaries that had gathered, and there were around 500 at, at the campus at the time, and that their closing mass, the bishop made the surprising announcement that he was going to open the cause. And Monsignor Shea also was like, wow. And so when he shared with us, this news was like, we had no idea. Wow. And so she said, we're coming out, we're praying at our grave, we'd love to have you there. And, and so that was yeah, the start of it. There was, they just did the rosary and singing and prayers for over an hour and two hours. All I know that the hillside was full of cars and young people. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I, I think of that, and, and normally with an announcement or something, you know, uh, hey, we're going to do this, and you should stop by. We'd love to have you as our honored guest or invited. They, they let some of the key people know in advance this is going to happen. But the, you got a phone call. Monsignor Shea didn't know. No, no one knew except the bishop that this was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, everybody Boom. said, let's go. Let, let's go pray. We have to go pray. No and, time like the present. And we actually heard stories of couples and young focused people that prayed at her grave that night that had Wow. Miracles. Well, that's to my them. next question. So, how has your life oh. changed since? Okay, when did that happen? The announcement was that over a year ago. It was on the fifteenth of June in two thousand twenty-three. About a year and a half 22. ago. 22. So, so twenty-two. 22. Okay, 22. so a year and a half. It's been since you have found out that your daughter's cause for canonization is now proceeding. How has your life changed? What have been some of the blessings that have happened from this? Or what, what can you share about that? What is it like to be the parents of someone whose cause for canonization is progressing to the Vatican? Well, there's just, <laughs> there's so many people that are looking for help mm. for, for God to intercede into their lives. And, and, and Michelle, they're, they're praying to her for her help mm. to intercede for them. And there are so many that need help. I mean, it's just, and it's, it's difficult getting those calls and hearing that, you know, and, and it's a lot of sickness. And, sure, and sure. So you're hearing a lot about suffering help. then, too. Yeah, there's so much suffering. suffering yeah, yeah. And, but they're praying to Michelle for her intercession. Yeah. Have you found yourself praying to Michelle more than maybe you, you thought you would be or that you that you had anticipated? Well, it's it's kind of it's different with Michelle with us because we kind of anyhow myself pray to her not for her like a lot of people after they pass you don't know if they made it to heaven or how they are. And with Michelle, the day after she died, we were praying the rosary. And that's when our daughter, Lisa, started crying. And she said, Michelle just told me it's beautiful up here. Oh, and, wow. and it's like, it's like she's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's, there's a Sabbatean privilege that Mary has for people that, if they wear the scapular and do a lot of things that she lists, anyhow, she would come to take you to heaven mm -hmm. the first Saturday after you die. Mm -hmm. And Michelle died on Christmas, and that was the, a Friday, and it was like 11.23 in the 
evening and we thought well she had to wait about 40 minutes wow wow <laughs> for mary to come wow anyhow so that's beautiful it's just uh we just yeah like prayed to her and and ask her for help <laughs> sure how has your life changed during this last year and a half the stories even right after her death we knew something extraordinarily happened because we've been through a, grieving for other family members lost and and we get condolence cards and masses and and it's just an outpouring of people being charitable Michelle's case, we were receiving these cards and letters from across the country. How did she know all these people? And how did she, they would have these profound conversions uh, drawn to the faith or reversion to the faith or, or um, just an encouragement in, in their struggles through having encountered her. So I saved those letters, and there were over 200 out of the 500 that were put in a pile of special letters. You had over 500 letters? Right after the funeral, the first month. But then wow. we continued getting letters after that, cards, and, and the stories that would come back of people that said they saw her, they heard her, and especially young couples with fertility problems have prayed to her at, at, for her intercession for having a child and we've just heard so many beautiful stories where they were told they would never conceive never carry a pregnancy and they showed pictures today I, one man just walked up and said we wanted to show you this is our daughter Frances Michelle that we prayed I know he prayed at, at, at her graveside at the University of Mary that night when Monsignor Shea had the group come out for fertility, and this is our daughter. And they named her Frances Michelle. Yes. So wow. I, I know that Michelle... I've got goosebumps. Michelle is definitely very compassionate to people with fertility problems, people that had miscarriages there too. We had a beautiful letter not long ago, about six weeks ago, of a gal she met when 2008 maybe, but went on a mission trip with her to the Shrine of the North American Martyrs. Sure. And that young gal came to our farm as Michelle brought so many young people to our farm. And she wrote a beautiful letter. I hadn't heard from her since that time, 2008, saying that she had three children and she conceived the fourth and to her surprise, they had a problem in the pregnancy and she miscarried and she was very depressed and, and, and just really shaken. And she was surprised how hard it was for her to go through that miscarriage. Mm -hmm. She had a dream. She saw Michelle holding her baby wow. and lifting that baby up in joy. And she herself received such consolation that it helped with the healing from wow. that loss. Wow. And now she's expecting again. Wow. She wrote this beautiful letter to tell us, I, I, I felt the presence of Michelle. So all of these letters, you said over 200 of them you put in a special pile. Are those part of what has been now taken as, I mean, for lack of a better word, evidence of a holy life that is now at the Vatican? It's that they are, rever are they reviewing well, those they, letters? They wouldn't yet. 
it all has to be gathered and reviewed by Father Grafsgaard, the postulator. Yes, the postulator, Father Grafsgaard. So when he receives all the material that he feels he needs, then that will be sealed and sent to the Vatican, and he's no longer involved. He just told us that. Okay, here's what I want our listeners here in the St. Louis area to know. So here's kind of the connection. Father Tom Grafsgaard, who's the postulator for the cause of Michelle Dupont's canonization, he studied at Kenrick Lennon Seminary. And that's when I got to meet Father Tom Grafsgaard. So this is how this whole connection has happened. Um, and it's just so beautiful. And I'm gonna get to go up to North Dakota soon this spring and get to come to your farm and get to pray at Michelle's grave. So I'm so excited about this. Um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful, um, for myself, a blessing to get to know you, and I'm so grateful that you came uh, to be here with us on Covenant Network because I want people to know about Michelle Dupont. I mean, I know everybody in North Dakota knows about her because that has spread, <laughs> I know, through the University of Mary and everybody in the priests of your diocese. I know that this is a very exciting time for the diocese to have one of their own be considered for the cause of canonization. But I want people here to know as well. Michelle yeah. Dupont, Focus Missionary. Again, that's also the connection. We're here live at Seek with Focus. They're very, very proud. Final thing I want you to be able to share with our listeners, tell us what is going to happen tonight. <laughs> well, we are very excited for this. Um, Focus came out a couple, three years ago and started a documentary on Michelle's life to use as an an evangelization tool within the organization. But when they heard the stories and the miracles and then the canonization announcement, they did another documentary, which we just saw last week for the first time, a Christmas gift for us, that will be shown tonight in the hall, in, in hall number two, yeah, here at the two. conference at 9.30 this evening. And it will be this Knowing joy, the Michelle Dupont story Radi is the name of it. Radiating joy. Radiating joy is the title of yeah. the documentary. How beautiful. Um, I just, we could go on and on. We I don't could. know how much time we have left it. To never interview. enough. Never There's enough. never enough time. But, but here's, here's my favorite thing about this, Patty, is that not only do we get to talk about the life of Michelle, but as Catholics, this isn't just talking about someone with an incredible story. This is also about us asking for Michelle's intercession. And with every cause for canonization, there's a prayer, and there's a specific prayer that, that we're asked to pray. And we get to pray that now. Absolutely. And how wonderful is that? And my final thing I want to say is just this is an inspiration for me to meet you, but you guys are just so down to earth. You're regular, normal people, oh, and, and you're so humble. You're so humble by this whole thing. I can't imagine as a parent what that must be like. But as a parent, and for all of us, I think it's this inspiration of, we are all called to holiness in whatever state of life we find ourselves in sickness and in health to offer it up right for the salvation of souls and to be a light in this world and your daughter was a light in this world and i'm just so excited that the church wants to recognize that it brings tears to my eyes it really does i'm so excited but i do want to pray this prayer we're praying for her cause to continue and um Let's just all pray with um, all our hearts right now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, Son and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Jesus, I praise and thank you for the life of your servant, Michelle Dupont. In her life and suffering, she joined you in your thirst for souls and embraced the cross offered to her. 
Following her example, I ask for the special grace of And if it bring you greater glory, that she be honored by your church. Jesus, I ask this in your holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ken and Mary Ann Dupont, what a pleasure it is to have you on Covenant Network. Thank you for taking the time. We hope you enjoy this week at SEEK, and welcome to St. Louis, of course. Thank you. We're so happy to have you here, and um, we hope this is a grace-filled week for you as more and more people, I'm sure, come forward and tell the stories of how Michelle touched their lives. It has been. Great, great blessing. Thanks, Patty. God bless. Thank, thank, thank you. Covenant Radio for having us.